and Luke. And now we come to the thrilling final episode of our radio drama. Ron Wolfley. Yeah, baby, bring it on! Luke Lipinski. The great Luke Lipinski. <laughs> Devaluing the word great if you follow with Luke Lipinski. <laughs> Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Final hour of the show, live from the Ak Chin Community Studios. It is Wolf and Luke. It's Thursday, somehow, even though these short weeks are great. <laughs> I love them. But I, we've had, what, three of the last four have been, like, weeks to start on a Tuesday? Yeah. I know you're a big fan of the four-day week. <laughs> tell by the look on your face. You're like, hey, how, maybe we knock this down like a three-day week. Um, okay, sorry. <laughs> you're lucky nobody isolated that audio. So we have the uh, this audio of Monty Austin Fort from Monday's press conference, and you know this is something that he said this or Tuesday rather he said this on Tuesday, and, and instantly this would have been one of the main things we talked about. But there was so much other stuff to get to this week that it kind of got pushed back a day or two. But what did you think when you heard this, Wolf? Well, it, it's an exciting. I, I don't. I hope we don't pick third overall again. That's for one. Um, the benefit is that we're going to be ready to pick a premium player that's going to be able to come in here and have an impact on our team. That's the benefit. The other benefit is uh, there, there could be calls on that pick. And we're going to operate at every step along the way. We're going to do what's best for the team. And so if we get a chance to drop back and pick up additional picks that will help build the team, we're going to entertain that. But we're in a, we're in a great position. And I would say the same for the, the Every pick of that round, there's going to be there's going to be action. The, the phone rings in the draft. The phone will ring, and we'll be, we'll be ready to take a good player, and we'll be ready to listen to offers too. So we're we're in a great position with that pick. I love that. I love that comment right there because you should you should say hey for sale. Keep all your options open. Why in the world would you close the door? You would not do that, Basinonians. You would not. You would say, absolutely. Look, everybody, it's the third pick in the draft. Wave it around. Why? Why? Because you never know what somebody's willing to offer. You never know. The 49ers, by way of example. I'm looking at it right now. Okay, go ahead. Well, and I think this is right. I mean, this is, yeah, this is. What San Francisco traded up, a team that has made some pretty smart moves since John Lynch got there. This was not one of them. To trade up to number three in the 2021 draft to get Trey Lance. This is what they gave up. Okay, so just just picture, like, if if somebody came to the Cardinals with this offer, because it's going to be there. The Bears have the first pick. They're either going to take Will Anderson, Jalen Carter, or trade it to a team that's desperate for a quarterback. Texans have the second pick. They're going to take a quarterback. So if the Bears take Will Anderson or Jalen Carter, that, to me, is the scenario where you're like, okay, probably trade, because I'm guessing Will Anderson would be off the board, and teams would be desperate to move up and get C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young, whichever one's still there. This is what San Francisco gave up to move up to take Trey Lance. They're 2021 first, they're 2022 first, they're 2023 first, and a third round pick in the 2022 draft. That all went to the Dolphins. Takes your breath away when you hear that right there. If I'm getting that offer, <laughs> I'm listening. But once again, why, why would you ever say, oh, no, we're never going to trade that? Of course you would never say that. Because you never, never say never, Basin audience. You don't know what you're going to be offered. And if you're not offered that deal right there, you take Will Anderson at number three, if that's the case. If he's there, you take him and you run like a badgie. I'm trying to see who was drafted with those picks that that Miami got, right? Because the thing is, Miami then kept trading picks around. So here's just the guys that were drafted with those picks. 
Micah Parsons is okay. decent. Let's Not to Miami, Micah but they Parsons. pretty good. Um, <laughs> Cole Strange and Matt Corral. Okay. So there, there you yeah, go. Thank Those you. are just some Appreciate of the names. That. But I mean, it just gives you a sense of what you could potentially get. If you're in a full-blown rebuild, and it sure feels like they are, you need you want to go down that Miami path or that Philadelphia path where it's like, how does this team? Philadelphia has picks at the top of this year's draft. Yeah. They might win the Super Bowl. It makes you think, too, one of the reasons why you would never want to give up the number three pick overall. <laughs> oh, yeah, you want me to go back right? and look at some of the guys who, to, who were taking number three overall? talking about that? No, <laughs> this is back when my heart was set on Sean Payton, though. This is back when I thought, hey, Payton, you bring him in here, general manager and head coach. Yeah. Bada bing, bada boom. Just take Will Anderson. He's got the cred. He's totally got the credibility. And it's all about Kyler Murray and fixing Kyler Murray and getting Kyler Murray right. Get him healthy first, of course. Isn't that right, Monty? Get him healthy first and then fix him. And when I say fix him, I, I'm not saying he's broke. I'm talking about the scheme you need to put him in. You need to put him in the scheme. And he's got to see the value of going under center. He's got to see the value of that scheme and what it can do for the rest of his career. Relearn the game, Kyler. Relearn the game. Man, if that light bulb will go on in the shed, you got gold in your hand. Trying to get a list of all the like third-round picks over the last few years. So it immediately rewired me to rerouted me over to some Houston Texans website because they're always picking third <laughs> or higher. So I'm just looking at some of the guys. I mean, it, it it tends to be teams desperate to move up for a quarterback. Trey Lance in 2021, the Jets taking Sam Darnold in 2018. Uh, Joey Bosa, that was a nice pick. Blake Bortles in 2014. Like this is the Whoa. thing you do have to remember. Teams are. Desperate. Desperate. Blake Bortles, quarterback, Central Florida. Here are three things you need to know about Blake Bortles. His work ethic rivals that of many successful NFL quarterbacks. In fact, you'll likely find him in the film room or weight room, finally tuning his craft. He leads by example, but will also challenge his teammates if needed. Bortles is decisive and confident in his throws, keeping his cool in the pocket. However, he has struggled throwing the ball in freezing temperatures. And don't be fooled by his slow 40 time at the combine. Bortles is considered deceptively quick, especially for his size. Thank you, Paulie. He was confident in his throws, just some of them went to the other team, but yes, Blake Bortles took Jacksonville what, to the AFC Championship a few yeah, years ago? No, It was one of the weirdest Man. times in NFL history. Yes, just so strange overall, but once again, being in the three-hole for the Arizona Cardinals, you've got to keep your options open. You'd never, ever shut the door on that. You'd put the for sale sign out on front and just say, we'll take calls, open for business. Never know who's going to offer, who's going to get desperate. Because we all know there's desperation. <laughs> there's desperation. Well, it, <laughs> you may as well... May as well try and start a bidding war because having Chicago as one of the two teams picking ahead of you and the fact that they may just go, hey, Will Anderson's the best player. Where I guess Chicago could draft a quarterback and trade Justin Fields. I mean, weird stuff happens. Yeah. But for the most part, you figure only one of the two teams ahead of you is going to take a quarterback. Do you know who was also drafted third overall? I don't have the draft profile for this one. Larry Fitzgerald? I, yeah. Oh. Fitzy. Yeah. yeah. Fitz. Just I have Fitz. a whole thing like brought up. So like Deion Jordan... Um, Matt Ryan, Joe Thomas, Fitz, Andre Johnson. 
Some good players in there. Joe Thompson, pretty really good. Andre play. Johnson, yeah. Andre Johnson. Oh, man, he's so good. Damian Rice. Yeah, also oh, pretty good. Damian, yes. Barry Sanders. Oh, my Decent. goodness. Okay, Barry Sanders Mal. is all right, yeah. We get it, Mal. Um, <laughs> How come you didn't, couldn't find just, the list, Luke? I, I got rerouted to HoustonTexans.com or like Texans Wire, and it's a bunch of guys that. That's some of those names. It's just really a Blake Bortles fan site. All right, when we come back, what does Kevin Ray want to see from the Suns tonight against the Nets? We're going to ask the Suns broadcaster for Valley Sports. Next, Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Suns Day, presented by Michelob Ultra. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Catch it in from the corner. Wolf and Luke brings the boom and catching bodies on his way to the rack. Sons game day with K Ray. I'm ready for whatever. I'm ready for whatever. I tell you what, we're ready for Wolf. We're ready for Cam Johnson to play some organized basketball for the Phoenix Suns, and that will happen tonight in downtown Phoenix. A step in the right direction. Right. We're also ready for Kevin Ray of Bally Sports to join us on the Arizona Sports Line right now for game day with K Ray. K, what's going on, man? Fellas, what is happening? Wait, did, did you say Cam Johnson is going to play tonight? Cam. Cam is back. Oh, Beautiful thing. Man, I just, I've, I've just I've just said it over and over in the last twenty four hours. Uh, yeah, it is it is uh, just music to my ears, and I know you guys as well, and all the Suns fans out there. Yeah, it's one of these deals where you're clicking your red slippers together, saying, "There's no place like Cam." There's no. You know, I, <laughs> It's going to be great to see the Suns start to get healthy and get some of these guys back right now. What do you want to see from Cam Johnson tonight? Well, I think the biggest thing is, you know, with Cam is um, just feeling, you know, feeling like he doesn't need to try to to be a hero. And that's really never, that's not his personality anyway. So I think it lends itself to that. but, you know, I've, I've had a chance being on the road now the last couple of weeks and watching him just work his tail off, both in the workout rooms and then, you know, pregame uh, and the little, the, the few times that they got to do, you know, what's called practice. Um, but, you know, he, he's worked his butt off. And so I just want to see him go out there and play loose, play free, and you know, um, be the be the kind of guy that uh, that the Suns you know relied on. Uh, it'll be interesting to see with that long layoff. You know, the timing, the shot, uh, defensively. But look, just seeing him on the floor tonight is going to be enough for me. Talking to Kevin Ray of Bally Sports, K. In addition to just how good it's going to be to see him out there playing basketball, and, and how much that potentially impacts you know wins and losses for the Suns. You know, we heard Mikel Bridges talking today about how much it helps him just be able to play his game, and, and makes Mikel Bridges better. I assume it's going to make other guys better as well. How how much of a step in your mind is this to getting guys back to being able to do the jobs they're actually on this team to do? Yeah, and that's the biggest thing, uh, Luke. And, and you know, I, I know the fans have been frustrated with the losses. And, look, the, the players are even more frustrated. But they, there really has been a 
such a level of, of taxing on the players and not just taxing physically, but taxing in terms of, you know, asking them to, you know, to do more uh, really than, than their jobs and as the season began, you know, required. And look, when, you know, when you're a player, you understand that. But I think the length of time that this has gone on is what has really created such a ripple effect for Coach Monty Williams, the staff, and, and all those who have played. Now, having said that, since you mentioned Mikel Bridges, the, the one thing that I've loved to see out of Mikel, and it's just, you know, it speaks to him being such a, a smart, heady player, but the, the upside to all this is, you know, we've seen Mikel really have to do some things and in some respects, get out of his comfort zone, uh, scoring the ball in ways that he hadn't previously. You know, working, I mean, working in post-up situations with Mikel. Uh, we see him continuing to work on those, you know, that little float game uh, coming from, from both angles. So it really does go back to what Monty Williams has said, guys, as a result of all the injuries, that, you know, it's going to serve this team well uh, if and when they can get everybody healthy. And, you know, the caveat is, can once they get healthy, can they stay healthy for 25, 30 games? Because that's what it's going to take in order to start making that climb back up. You know, the Kevin Durant situation and the Kevin Durant story, um, it just feels like it was ice ages ago, does it not? <laughs> it just feels it so weird, Kay, right now to even talk about it. But um, what do you think you're going to see from the Brooklyn Nets tonight? What do you expect to see? Well, uh, we will expect to see Kyrie Irving. I know he was listed as questionable yesterday. He sat out the last game, um, a loss to San Antonio, which, by the way, was their third straight loss. He had some cap tightness, um, but they have upgraded him to probable. So I, I fully expect to see Kyrie Irving back on the floor. And when you talk about the Nets and Kyrie, you know, you're talking about the, the fire starting, and Kyrie has played, you know, extremely well. Double figures, 31 of the 32 games this year. He's had 28 or more 14 times. The Nets 11 and 3 in those games. And so having him be kind of the, the, the catalyst, the floor balancer, if you will, will go a long way in helping uh, Jock Vaughn and his team, what they hope is shake out of a, a three game losing streak. Um, but. You know, they've got some other weapons as well. It'll be interesting to see, you know, we haven't seen T.J. Warren, at least here in Phoenix, uh, in uniform on the floor in quite some time. Uh, he's been a, a big uh, addition for them. Uh, I know they've tried to, like, minimize his, you know, his minutes played per game, trying to preserve him for a postseason run. And then we get our first look at, you know, Ben Simmons uh, being the defensive force of this team. So, you know, the, the Sun are going to have their work cut out for them, but I do feel like getting a little healthier and getting a guy like Cam Johnson back on the floor uh, puts puts additional pressure on the Durantless <laughs> Brooklyn Nets. Talking to Kevin Ray of Bally Sports, uh, K, and it is game day with K Ray. You know, Cam Johnson's return is is going to be big. We don't know exactly what the minutes are, but he's he's going to be on a minutes restriction, I'm sure. Um, 
it feels like you got 37 games left. It feels like the last month and a half. Even the fans have kind of been like, yeah, I hope they win tonight. But if they don't, you know, there's still a long season. We're into the second half of the season now. At what point do you guys starting to come back? Chris Paul doesn't sound like he's that far away. Well, you know, when guys come back, that's also going to start to ramp the expectations back up as well. When, when do you think it's fair to start lifting those expectations back to where they normally are with this team? Yeah, you know, I I don't think you can fully uh, elevate those expectations until, you know, until they're whole Um, and until we see them whole uh, for probably three or four games. And then, oh, by the way, that's going to coincide with the trade deadline. So, uh, you know, this this is going to be this is going to be a dogged fight. To the finish, you know, one of the things I was having a conversation with somebody yesterday, and, you know, I know that the fans looking at the standings, you know, falling all the way down to 12, and, you know, it's 10 and a half games clear to the top spot. Don't look at the top spot. Look, 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 at, look at the 6-4 spot. Look at the 6-3 to three spot. That, that is more than attainable, guys. So, you know, that, that to me, they have to approach it much like they would a game where if you're down by, you know, 20 points, you need to make it a 10 or 12-point game by halftime. And then heading into the fourth quarter, you need to make it a six-point game. If you can do that and approach it that way, the, the, the Suns are going to be fine because I think as we have seen, this is going to be a wide-open battle uh, despite all the teams who are playing well right now, it's going to be a wide-open battle in the Western Conference. So, to me, you look at that six and higher spot, you'd, you'd prefer to stay out of that play-in situation. You know what's so interesting about it, Kay? If, in fact, the Suns can get all their guys healthy out on the floor right now, I don't think anyone wants to play them. Can you imagine them coming in, even if they had to play in the play-in game? Um, I, I almost would like to see it, honestly. I wouldn't. I, I know you. I know that, <laughs> but I almost would like to see it because of of the fact they won sixty four games last year, and we all know how that ended. Let's try the opposite part of that. Let's go in as the undecided underdog and see if you can't go in there and kick somebody's teeth. in. for me, having said all of that, do you expect the Suns to be active at the trade deadline? Uh, I do. I, I do. I mean, I, I think you guys heard Brian Windhorst's comments, uh, you know, his interview yesterday. So at the very least, you're you're looking at that move. Um, you know, what, what else becomes available and attainable for Jane Jones remains to be seen. But, yes, I, I expect them to be active uh, to try to strengthen and improve this team in an effort to, uh, you know, to, to get to the postseason. And, and I hear what you're talking about, my man, but no thank you. Uh, a, a couple less games in the postseason, I could do it that do it the hard way, man. Well, the probably you want is on the other side of hard. Yeah, I see now you're quoting money. That's not fair. They probably are going to be, I mean, I don't know. I think realistically, Kay, and this is just a, a – Somewhat educated, but not really prediction. I, I mean, it seems like they probably could get it back into like the five seed or whatever, right? And you, you're in the playoffs, and that's great, and that's where you want to start. There's a pretty good chance you're playing Golden State or Memphis or Denver or New Orleans in the first round. I know we don't have a ton of time here, but just from what you've seen this season, is there a, one of the top teams in this conference that you feel like the Suns match up pretty well against? Uh it- Yes and no. Yes, just in the sense of the the team's been there. You know, it's been to the finals. It yeah. knows what it takes. Um, 
I think, you know, if I'm answering that honestly, I think I could give you a a better, more complete assessment after February 9th. <laughs> uh, because because yes. I, I just I don't know what piece or pieces the Suns may have uh, that may be directly, um, you know, focused on on those matchups. It, Everybody you face in the postseason, all those teams you mentioned, all have strengths. Now, we know what the Suns did against, have done against Golden State so far. Uh, so I would say in that regard, probably more favorable. Uh, the, the thing with Memphis and Denver, they are both not just talented, but they are extremely deep and talented. Yeah. Okay, great stuff, man. You, I will, I'll talk to my co-host about this this play-in nonsense. We don't need any of that. <laughs> you know, the wrong Sounds good, boys. Okay, man. <laughs> Kevin Ray, Bally Sports, joining us right there on the Arizona Sports Line. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. We come back. we got NFL playoffs in like 48 hours. What are the keys to this weekend's games? It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke Middays, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, Wolf, let's talk some playoff football. We're down to the final eight teams. We got games starting up on Saturday. So you know what? I'm I'm just I'm I'm gonna be a nice co-host. I'm gonna let you pick which game we start with. You wanna start yeah. Saturday or Sunday? Yeah, I love that. Let's start in order. Oh wow. Saturday. Okay, but can I ask you yeah, this you right can here? Ask me this. What day do you like more? Sunday. Sunday. I tell Sunday. you, man. Sunday. That Sunday night game, that 49ers-Cowboys game, I am very interested in that. More than any of these other games. I'm with you on the Sunday thing because of Cincinnati-Buffalo. Yeah, that probably is the best game, Cincinnati-Buffalo. You have to be kidding me. Two Super Bowl contenders. I don't know that any other game I feel like has two Super Bowl contenders in it. Like, I feel like there's five Super Bowl contenders and they're spread out over the four games. You know what I mean? Yeah. But obviously there's two in that one. Joe Burrow versus Josh Allen. Oh, boy, this is good. You know it. We all love it right here. Joe Burrow and the swag of Joe Burrow versus Josh Allen. There's a big debate that's going on out there right now, and I know we're talking about Sunday, 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 and I wanted to talk about Saturday. Yeah, we really botched this. Yeah, You got me on this right now. There's a big debate out there. Which quarterback, if you were building a franchise right now, which quarterback would you start with in this game? Would it be Joe Burrow or Josh Allen? All right, if we're going to answer this question, yeah, we have to do it in such a way where I assume there's at least a couple people listening. You understand that whatever quarterback we say, we're not saying the other one is bad. Thank you. Okay, because <laughs> otherwise, and no matter what I say, people are like, "You don't think so and so is a good quarterback?" I love it. I think these are two of the top three quarterbacks in the NFL. If I was going to build around a quarterback, these would be two of my top three choices behind Mahomes. My answer is different now than it would have been three months ago. I'm going to go with Joe Burrow. You're going to go with Joe Burrow. Okay, think about this. Not a knock on Josh Allen. Is, Is Josh, yeah, Josh. Joe Burrow, quarterback, LSU. In his second year as a starter for LSU, Joe Burrow set the college football world on fire. He led the Tigers to an undefeated national championship season, won the Heisman Trophy, and had one of the best seasons in college football history. He led the country in passing yards, total offense, and completion percentage, plus set an NCAA record with 60 touchdowns. Burrow acknowledges that his arm strength limits him, but he has the vision and the touch to make 
make an offense special. He can buy time in the pocket and also create big-time plays outside with his arms or his legs. And his NFL comp, that's Hall of Fame quarterback Kurt Warner. Oh. That, that background music right there, huh? I'm not with the Kurt Warner. I'm not done with that, by the way. Gray beard, how you doing this morning? This well, one is really tough. On. You're not down with that because you don't think they play similar styles? Yeah. Or, okay, because I was going to say, Joe Burrow could eventually be a Hall of Famer. Joe Burrow was a much better athlete. Are you watching him run? <laughs> Graybeard knows it as well, even though he tried to come on and defend his position on that. Um, Graybeard was just one of the best quarterbacks in the history of the National Football League. Why isn't the Hall of Fame? Um, yes, but that comparison? No. But, uh, Having I, said I, that. You, you missed the, the, you buried the lead. The lead was that music in the background that sounded like you just, like, you got hired at a computer programming company and that was the, the, like, orientation video or something. Yeah. Thank you. Bro. You're welcome. Can I get to my answer yeah, on this one I hope right so, here? Man. Uh, Josh Allen has all the tangibles you could possibly want. Joe Burrow has all the intangibles you could possibly want. And I'm not saying that Josh Allen doesn't have intangibles. He does. These are two of the best three quarterbacks in the NFL. To your point, we're not saying. But having having said all of that, I'll take Joe Burrow. Isn't it? Does it feel weird to say? It does. It feels really weird to say it out loud. But to be fair, it is. Like razor thin the margin. If Josh Allen goes out there and wins on Sunday, probably coming in here on Monday, being like, "Yeah, you know what? Josh Allen can run through guys. Joe Burrow can't." Yeah, no, it does. So but Joe Burrow's got flip. this swag about him that his teammates pick up on. I don't think his the team around him is as good as Josh Allen's team around him. I agree. And you know what? Joe Burrow's been to the Super Bowl. And I love Josh Allen, though. I love everything about the dude and the leader that he is beloved by his teammates in that locker room. But Burrow's got stank, as my old coach used to say. All right, well, let's you know, do or die. That's, uh, that's where you like to be. You know, in those moments, I feel like, you know, is, is where I kind of make my best plays. Um, just where I'm comfortable, and you know, these these moments are moments that you, you remember. You don't always remember week week six games on the road. You remember these playoff games, these home night playoff games, and so we're we're excited. That's a little something something. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I love it. My old coach would say, "Yeah, stank." It's stink that has already happened. <laughs> Past tense stink. Thus, Joe Burrow talking about remember. So is that like if Mark Schlereth said something to you? Because <laughs> it's past tense of stink happening. He's one of my favorite dudes on the planet. Oh, he had a great line on Bickley and Murata. Did you hear it? No, uh, I did not. I, I didn't it's remember Tim what Ryan, was. man. Tim Ryan and stink. Two of my favorite dudes. He, he, his line was, some people raise the excitement level when they walk into a room. And other people raise the excitement level when they walk out of a room. (laughs) (laughs) The old saying says, everybody knows how to make an entrance. There are few that know how to exit. We've just turned into a series of fortune cookies this segment. Um, Cowboys Niners. Can we talk about that one? That's beautiful. Brock Purdy. The Purdy Bowl. Did, I, I told you this during the break. You can bet, I don't know where, on how Brett Maher is going to miss his next extra point. This is what Vegas has become. Wide left, wide right, crossbar, right uh, upright, left upright. 
Do you think Dallas has a chance of winning this game? Yeah. I, I don't. Oh, I think I'm they do, sorry. and I hate it. I think San Francisco really? wins. I think San Francisco wow. wins, but I think Dallas has a chance. I, I think of Dak Prescott and what we've seen from Dak. Now, the last game was, was lights out. It, it was well done, He's playing Tampa. Yes. Yeah. San Francisco is not Tampa. Tampa they are not. Can I get an amen? They are. Okay, yes, absolutely. Preach. Um, and because, because of that, I just think the best defense in the football universe is going to annihilate the Dallas Cowboys. I hope you're right. I mean, End of story. That is all. I don't. It's weird to root for the 49ers in this state, and I don't typically. But last week, it's like 49ers-Seahawks. Okay, I want to see the 49ers win. I think they're the better team, and they bother me less than the Seahawks. 49ers-Cowboys. Okay, well, the 49ers bother me less than the Cowboys, and I think they're the better team. That's the end of the road. Whoever they play in the NFC Championship, if they get there, I'm pulling for the other team. But yeah, San Francisco, man, they just they do it all right. And what was Brock Purdy's uh, QB rating in that first playoff game? 131.5. Four touchdowns, no turnovers. He has played exceptionally well. Brock Purdy. Wow. Just the, I still can't believe it. I can't. Every time I think of the 49ers, they're playing the third string quarterback. <laughs> And you don't even notice. He hasn't lost a game yet. He, he, you said this what, the other day. You were talking about the fact if he wins out and they win the Super Bowl, he's going to win a Super Bowl before he loses his first game. That's okay, and then what do you do with Trey Lance? Oh, he's well, the backup. Yes, Trey, thank you. If you try and trade him back oh, to yeah, Chicago you, you, for three first-round picks in a second. Try to move, yeah, you're going to try to get something of value from him. You're not going to keep him around. He right? wouldn't. I mean, they told Jimmy G they didn't want him yeah, around. You can't bring him back. Yeah. I just, I'd go into next season with Purdy as the starter and Trey Lance as the backup. Okay. <laughs> just the thought of three number ones walking around your locker room well. <laughs> wearing a jersey. Wow. Ideally, if, not playing on Sunday. If three number ones are walking around your locker room, they're wearing three different jerseys, not that, all that, the same jersey. Typically, mistakes, they usually get moved. Yeah, Trey Lance for Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Sorry, Brock. Okay, yeah, Brock. <laughs> what a Super Bowl, Brock. Thank you. You've never lost a game and you have You're a Super gone. Bowl ring. Here's you know, a toad. I just, just like to point out. I'd just like to point out the one game you said you wanted to start with is the only one we didn't talk about at all. Jacksonville, Kansas City. So that was another successful segment. All right. Uh, pick your level of Metallica. Single day tickets for Metallica's M72 World Tour are on sale this Friday at 10 a.m. That's like tomorrow. Uh, on LiveNation.com. Two nights, two different sets, no repeat weekends. So you got night one with Pantera on September 1st, night two with Five Finger Death Punch on September 3rd at State Farm Stadium. We come back, back into the Cardinals coaching service. A couple new names. Well, one new name popping up today and then, you know, some definitiveness on when another guy is going to be interviewed. We'll get into all that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports. Cardinals head coaching search update. Are you talking to me? Ray, 
bring a brand new culture to Tempe. You're gonna have to work with Body Austin Borden. Yeah! I felt good right there, just screaming. It's one of the best things about playing the game of football. You could scream at the top of your lungs, man, and nobody cared. There's no way for me to ever follow that up as a rejoin. Like, when you when you yell in that voice, no matter what I say, it sounds like this. Hey, guys, welcome back to the show. <laughs> like this. Did you just do that? I did just do that. That's that was what it not sounds a like. drop? No, that was me. With, you were looking at me. Yes, I did. No, I was not. I was. It was out of the corner of my eye. <laughs> Whatever. You're still in the room wait with me. Minute, are you telling me right now? That's what it sounds like. That's that's how I feel like you, I sound after you do that. It's, it's you, the scream at the end. Let me see this. Can't do it again. Yeah, no, because because I have. We got the game see, tonight. I'm going to lose my be voice. A thespian, you're not going to just was. That. The rest oh, of the valley well, heard apparently. it. Apparently, uh, once a year can I do that voice. You're going to do that. I'm afraid my voice will stay that way if I keep doing it. Okay, that would. Oh man, be terrible. Be doomed. Especially this job. Yeah. Just just to prove a point to Dude, Wolf. I say. Hey, why'd you ruin your life? Had to prove a point to Wolf. It was worth it. Okay. Where right. are we going in this beautiful part of the program? Probably, probably some sort of uh, coaching conversation. Actually, you know what? I think you and I, let's just, you know what? There's no more kind of hiding here. If it's not Sean Payton, right now, I kind of want Brian Flores. Yeah. I feel like the upside is there. I'd, I'd rather have Sean Payton. I'm going to keep saying that. But if it's not going to be Sean Payton... I kind of want Brian Flores. See, the reality is it's not going to be Sean Payton. This is just me, my own opinion. And the reason why I say that is because the general manager position is no longer open. I just yeah. don't see the the match of Sean Payton not having a history with Monty Ossenfort. And I know you said, well, maybe that's a plus, and you, I, I guess... But coming in... That was me trying to talk myself into Yeah, it. coming in and suddenly being just the head coach for the Arizona Cardinals, it doesn't seem likely to me. It doesn't, and partially because of the reason you just said, I guess just to clarify my thing with Monty Ford is every other team that's looking for a coach also has a GM, so maybe if I'm Sean Payton, I'm like, this guy's a first-time GM, maybe he will right. see a, a chunk. So I, maybe they still have a little bit of an advantage right there, but... It doesn't seem like they necessarily want to pay that much. It sounds like he might be asking a lot. He also might still get an interview with them. But no. I just, to me, if I'm going all in on Sean Payton, I've got an interview set up. Even if it's next Wednesday, I have it set up, and we haven't heard that yet. So it doesn't mean it's not going to happen. It just seems like, at the moment, they're not yeah. as passionate about it as maybe Denver is. Yeah, and this all comes down to the impact it's going to have on Kyler Murray. I am not giving up on Kyler Murray. There's a lot of people out there. It's amazing. I don't know if you go on Twitter at all, but there's a lot of people out there that just, oh, Kyler's done I am not one of those dudes by any stretch of the imagination. They need to bring somebody in who's going to help Kyler get his career back on track because last year was a step back. You have to be able to tell the truth. If you're going to overcome the obstacles that are going to be in front of you, you have to overcome them by telling the truth about those obstacles. Well, the the truth is... It was it was Cliff Kingsbury, Steve Kime, Kyler Murray, right? That was kind of it in 2019. You go with that draft. Kime is is sort of rebooting things. He's sticking around. Cliff's going to get his first job as an NFL head coach. Kyler Murray's going to be the first overall pick. I would say 
for the most part, success year one, year two, year three, relative to where they were. Yeah. Last year, though, is a big step back, and, and Cliff paid for it with his job. Yep. Steve Kimes not here anymore either, and I think they, they each need to take about 33% of the blame. Yeah. 33% goes to Kyler, too. Kyler can fix it. That's the difference. He's still here. He can go out and have a monster year, you know, however much he plays next year. He can go out and have a great career. He can still fix it, but you can't just sit here and be like, oh, Kyler didn't do anything wrong. Everybody failed him, because then... We're going to be in the same spot in two years. I just wonder if, in fact, you can convince Kyler Murray that he's got to tap into the old school. Can you do? Who's the best person that will be able to allow him to see that? That's what I want. Is it Sean Payton? Because I said this before, you got to fix Kyler Murray. It's all about Kyler Murray. And when I say fix, I'm not saying he's necessarily broken. What I am saying is he needs to understand that he's got to tap into the old and the new. He's got to do it. He's got to learn the game of football all over again. So if you like Brian Flores driving around right now and you're like, Flores seems like the guy, it's the upside. It's the fact that Flores doesn't mess around. You're not you're, The player's not going to push him around. He also had success in Miami, but... Your concern is like, is it is it too volatile? Is is this going to go badly by week four, and then you've got a quarterback and a coach that hate each other? Well, this is OJ McDuffie on with Bickley and Murata this morning talking about Kyler Brian Flora. We talked about New England. He's he's used to Tom Brady type work ethic at, at the quarterback position, mm-hmm. and so if you don't put that in, he's he's got a problem, you know. So Kyler's willing to put that that work in, you know, coming early, leaving late. You know, being in that book, you know, I mean, look, it's not, it's no, no, uh, it's not a mystery that Tua didn't know a lot of the playbook at times. I know he was young in the game, but how much work did he try to put in to to, to get it memorized or to learn it? If Kyler's willing to put that work in, I promise you that Brian Flores be on the side and give him every opportunity to succeed. See, that means a lot. And Wolf, I would say this: if if you're like, yeah, but you heard what he said. If if Kyler doesn't put the work in, we're going to be screwed because Brian Flores is going to be mad at him, and those two are going to hate each other. If Kyler Murray doesn't put the work in, it doesn't matter who the coach is. They're screwed. You can bring in any coach. You could bring in Sean Payton. You could bring in Mike Tomlin. Andy Reid, if Kyler Murray's not going to put the work in, they're screwed. So I kind of like the idea of Flores because at least there, there's a payoff if he is willing to put the work in. Remember you asked me the question. You said, would you allow Kyler Murray to have input in who the next head coach was going to be? And I said, yes, as long as... Kyler Murray, you tell me what Kyler Murray feels about himself. That's fair. And if he's got to get better. If Kyler Murray understands, I've got to, man, there's so much work I have to do. I've got to get better right here. I have to learn a lot more of the old school offense. And the reason why these schemes work and have been around for a long time, I've got to learn how to do this all over again. If you tell me that, then I am going to ask him. (laughs) I, I see. I wonder what, like, if Kyler Murray's like, yeah, I if want he Brian says Flores. No, I don't. I'm not going to do it. You really don't have uh, but, to. But what if, what if you sat down with Kyler and he's like, no, I got stuff I got to work on, and I'm, I'm interested in Brian Flores as the head coach. I mean, that's the best case scenario, right? Because then that means he's not shying away from being held accountable. So we had that clip right there from OJ McDuffie, who's you know been around, he's, what around the Dolphins. So he, he kind of has a sense of Brian Flores there. We talked to Max Starks yesterday. He's in here for Maximum Football. He's obviously Very positive. Yeah, and worked right alongside Brian Flores all the season. Then we had Zoe in here today, and this is what he said about Flores. Obviously, I like Brian Flores. I've been around him um, in small sample sizes. I have a lot of guys that played 
for him. They have a lot of respect for him. Um, I See, like that means a lot to me. Yeah, it does, coming yes. from you, Zola. Yeah. That means a lot to me, man. I, and, and, got- and, and I'm a and like you said, I like I like some of that old school feel, yeah, right? I, I right. want some of that. It I seems wa- like they want that right now, yeah, too. But the players got to want it too, right? I, but from that point, I want to be coached like that. And, I, and I'm speaking as a player right now, not necessarily like who I would want to hire. I want someone that's going to come in, set the standard, be that voice because I know how important it is to have a strong voice from your head coach because I've been on some some teams that have weak voiced head coaches yeah. and those teams are all over the place right because everybody feels like oh I must because you're dealing with a whole bunch of type A so if you're not going to check me and it's from coaching and players I'm going to do it my own way right and that's why I say it has to be some of that balance when you're a head coach like I don't want to micromanage you but I'm not going to let you just do whatever you want to do coach and player right I have the structure I have the vision and you need to buy into that and so I like I think Brian has been in this space and I think he knows how to manage it even probably a little bit better this time around reputation matters so much and Lorenzo Alexander his reputation I know him personally but his reputation is stellar in the National Football League and when he says something about a dude I know that dude must be squared away because Zoe is so squared away. That means a lot to me. And it's one of the reasons why the more and more I read on Brian Flores, the more and more I do, now all of a sudden I've gone from Sean Payton to man I really, really would like Brian Flores because of the separation that is also going to be there. As the defensive-minded head coach, He's going to have an offensive coordinator he's going to have to hire who will work with Kyler. But he's got that immediate separation that says, I'm the head coach here. Okay, you're just the quarterback. You're just the quarterback. I'm the head coach. Suddenly, the order is restored the way that it should be. You know me. I believe that a head coach has got to be the alpha in the room. I think it was one of the things I kept saying the last two seasons that Cliff needed to do Mm -hmm. was be the alpha in the room. He didn't think he did. He didn't think he needed to be that guy. He didn't. He thought he was fine being the peer. That's fine until things go bad. And it's really hard to look. You don't have to worry about that with, with Brian Flores. There may be better coaching candidates, but I tell you, if based on what we know, I still like our idea that probably he, the Cardinals, and Frank Reich wouldn't sign off on. They probably just laugh in our faces. But I love the idea of Flores as the head coach, Frank Reich as the offensive coordinator. That's a pretty good hierarchy right there. All right, we'll get more into this uh, certainly throughout the show tomorrow. Thanks to Aaron Maloney, Jesse Morrison behind the glass for Wolf. I'm Luke. We got Burns and Gambo coming up next right here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.